welcome to Writing Comics, episode 31. This is Curtis. It's been a bit since the last episode. Um, that was like when the pandemic first started back in, I think, like March or so when we were on lockdown. Um, and now it's already almost 2021. Uh, for those of you that don't know, so I did four Kickstarters this year. Um, the last two were pretty crazy. Uh, Kickstarter has had a huge year. I know it's like the most money the platform has ever made. Um, my the uh, Beastlands 4 and 5 Kickstarter hit over 50k, which is just insane. Um, that one was kind of like a big risk. It was a 14k goal, the biggest goal we've ever had. And uh, and then we ended up doing like an orchestra song for that and stuff. And we might do more Beastlands music. But if you haven't heard that, YouTube uh, Beastlands theme song. And that will pop up on YouTube of the orchestra playing it. And then um, the other crazy Kickstarter was uh, the Wild Cosmos number 3. That hit over 20k. So uh, things have been going really well. Like I just passed the year mark since I quit my day job to try to write comics full time. So I've done a little bit of uh, video game writing gigs uh, on the side and then just um, like whatever extra Kickstarter money I have and making it work. Um, but I wanted to do a podcast. I don't know if these will ever be like regularly scheduled. I know I've said that so many times before, so I'm just never going to commit to doing these regular and I think I'll just... I mean, maybe I will start doing these more regular one day, but I'm never going to commit to it because I know I haven't stuck to it in the past, but we'll see. I would like to. It's fun to talk and a spot to put myself out there. I don't really have like, I don't like using social media as much and YouTube's not really my thing. So maybe podcasting has always felt like just something audio only easy to record, but we'll see. Uh, for this one, I just wanted to do some Q&A questions. I do a Q&A on my Patreon like once every two months or so. So I just want to go through some of those questions that have been asked on there and talk about it on here as like a Q&A episode. I know um, I get asked like a lot of the same questions most of the time from upcoming creators. So I'm sure that some of the listeners might have these same questions um, about making comics and doing kickstarters and all that stuff so i'll just go through these questions see how many i can get through so first one do you write out all of your planned scripts ahead of time or just one issue and then do a kickstarter um so answer for this is no i haven't written them all out in the past and i'm glad i haven't because my writing has improved a lot since i just i mean i'm a fairly new comic writer so um if i would have wrote out you know all of the wild cosmos scripts i feel like the quality would have suffered because, uh, you know, I'm just now writing issues four and five, the last two issues of the Wild Cosmos. And since I first launched the first issue in uh, like 2017, like I've just gotten so much better at scripting and writing comics that I feel like the uh, the project could have suffered if I did them all at once. But I mean, once you have experience in writing and you know how to do all that, then I think it would be better to do them all, like get all the scripts done just to have it ready and make sure it's a solid arc and solid story. Especially um, like in 2021, I plan on launching some full graphic novels on Kickstarter. And for those ones, I do want to um, like get the full thing scripted. But I mean, I'll, I'll probably go back and forth doing it both ways in the future. Like sometimes I, I could see myself launching a Kickstarter even if I only have like one or two scripts done for like the six issue arc or whatever. Like I don't think that's that big of a deal. But if you are going to go that route and not have all the scripts done for that full arc or that full story, 
then you need to have like a super solid uh, outline. That's why outlines are so important. You need to have like an issue by issue breakdown of what happens. Otherwise, when you come back years down the line, you might forget what was going to happen. You forget all of your ideas. I got one of the things that has allowed me to now um, write the Wild Cosmos 4 and 5, you know, like three years later. Um, I just have an outline, so it's easy for me to go back and finish off these scripts now. All right, next question. Someone who is launching their first Kickstarter. Um, so when launching your first Kickstarter, is it better to just do digital-only comic, toy uh, shipping madness, or is printing a comic a must? Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing a digital-only Kickstarter. I've seen people do that. Successful writers have done that, and creators have done that in the past. And especially if you live international, like I think I've seen a writer who lives in Australia do a digital only and that just makes shipping way easier instead of going international everywhere and shipping does suck um it's a lot of work so like if you can make your goal low enough because uh, i mean if you're doing digital only um your like average pledge level is going to be a lot lower than if you had like a printed comic and printed goods you just can't only charge so much for digital only so if you are going to go that route like make sure your kickstarter goal is only a few thousand something that's still doable depending on your audience um like, uh, you don't have to do a printed comic. Uh, I think once you get experience, I mean, it also depends on what your goal is. Do you really want to have a printed book, something that you could take to conventions once conventions are back up and running? Because um, if you go digital only, then you're not going to have, you're not going to have like a physical product that you can show people. So that is nice to have also. But I mean, you could always go digital Kickstarter and then come back later with like a printed version, collecting it all, something like that. All right, next question. Um, so I found a publisher for my Beastland series. So they were asking, how did I go about submitting pitches to publishers? Um, they said a while back, they looked at a handful of publishers' websites and um, a lot of them said that they're not accepting submissions. So um, uh, yeah, I mean, some publishers do accept submissions. Like I think Image always does. Dark Horse has a spot for it. But uh, I will say that I, I don't, I mean, only one of my series has ever been accepted by a publisher from using that, like, just general submission page. Um, I've, I've never heard back from any bigger publishers from submitting something on their page. The way my series got signed was just kind of luck. Like, I, I did a lot of conventions last year and brought all of my comics with me. And then editors walk around Artist Alley. They're looking for books possibly to sign and just made a connection. They liked the book and... Maybe nine months later, we signed it to a publisher. So it was just a bit, little bit of luck. Um, but I guess uh, it's also, I guess it's like hard work mixed with luck. Like you have to make something, you have to make a good product. And that goes in with the other question. If I didn't have that physical product for them to see on my table at Artist Alley, then the editor maybe would have never picked up the book and saw it in person and wanted to sign it, you know? So that's another upside to having like a printed comic that you can show people and hand to editors. And... Um, yeah, I mean, just that, that's why 2020 is such a tough year. Like, there's no comic conventions with the pandemic, and you're not making those connections. You're not meeting editors to hopefully sign new books. I feel like it's, it's tough for new writers to make it just through the internet only and social media. Like, people, it's, it makes a big impact when you meet people and they see your personality in person and they see your, they see your uh, books in person. Um, so yeah, just getting lucky, going to conventions. Like conventions is such a, a big part of being a new creator, a new comic writer, um, and networking. 
even though I don't, I don't know, it's a weird word, networking, but just making friends in the business and, uh, and showing people your work, getting your work out there. Okay, next one is kind of like two questions in one. Uh, start with the first part. I'm curious to know how you come up with the worlds of your comics. I have the characters down, but I'm struggling to find a world to put them in. So, I don't know. I never really struggled for that. Like, that's where a lot of my concepts and pitches come from is just, I have this notebook where I usually will start with these crazy worlds first. Like, Beastlands was a, the Beastlands world before I ever came up with the characters. Um, so, I would just try to, like, wrap it all together. Something like, like the deeper meaning behind Beastlands was me trying to tell a story about owning and caring for a pet based off my own experience with my dog being hit by a car and all that so that world just kind of fit that story and then the character uh mac in that story who's kind of like this struggling owner of his beast it just all kind of ties together if that makes sense Okay, the second part of that question is how do you begin said story? Do you throw the reader into action or do you set the scene of the world and story first? Uh, I'd say it just comes down to personal preference. Like you want to, I mean, if you're, especially as a brand new writer, but I mean, for any, for any writer starting a new series, like you really want to hook the reader in like the first five pages. I think that's what Jim Zub said, which is a wise person to take advice from. So whatever Jim Zub says, listen to. And I think his thing was like the first five pages you really want to hook. So Beastlands, I mean, if it's an, if it's an action-based story, you might want to show some action also. Like Beastlands, first two pages, you're seeing this mad king execute his own beast. And then the next like three pages, you're seeing um, the, the three main characters, the three kids being attacked by these this sketchy group of scavengers. And then on the page turn, you're seeing the spread of their beasts coming to save them. So that kind of explains the world of Beastlands. And, um, and it sets up the villain. Like there was a lot in that first five pages. So it comes down to personal preference and your style of storytelling and the t type of story that you're telling. Um, like, like a lot of things with storytelling, like it's just um, figuring out your style of storytelling and comic writing. There's no, I don't think there's like a wrong way unless you just like do a bad job of hooking the reader and showing your story. Like you want to show your characters, their flaws, um, the theme, hooking the reader. You're like, you want to show as much of that as you can. Okay, next questions. Uh, I've been wondering how you went about starting your first Kickstarter and what were some of the un unforeseen issues you had? Um, I mean, shipping books is something that you got to figure out. Uh, like I, um, that evolved a lot for me. Uh, like when I first started fulfilling Kickstarters, I used to take all my books to the um, post office, stand in line with a pile of books, haven't even paid for shipping yet. And I think I wrote like with a marker or printed out a paper the addresses and taped them on the boxes. And that was just a total newbie way to do it. Like now I have a thermal printer that prints out labels. I use stamps.com or ShipStation or BackerKit to print out labels, tape it right on the box, schedule a pickup for the U.S. Postal Service, and they pick it up for free, all the boxes, so you don't have to go to the post office with all those books. It makes a big difference. So that's one of the biggest things is fulfillment. But also just uh, trying to get a following. Like your first Kickstarter, you're not going to have much of a following, and it's just a grind. Like we ended up hitting six 
or we end up hitting our goal like in the last few days like it's uh you can't expect like you, you have these dreams of your um first kickstarter being like a wild success if you think you have a good idea you think you have a solid book good art but it doesn't matter how good it is like it's it's gonna be a grind usually i mean i'm sure there are people that it went easy for but for me it was a grind now i'm 10 kickstarters in things go pretty well but those first few like you're just building your audience and creating fans uh, that like your books it also took me almost a year to fill that first uh wild cosmos comic kickstarter and i have the system down a lot better now um that was just all a learning experience like i said with shipping books um it's uh like we didn't even have i think i paid out of my pocket like maybe 14 pages of the wild cosmos to have done like fully colored and everything but i just was working at a day job and couldn't afford to have the rest of the comic finished so we had to kickstart it without having the full book done and now um, that i'm experienced and have artists that trust me and have money that can uh, pay for the art myself that before launching the Kickstarter, I'll usually have the book like almost completely done or almost done. So fulfillment time is usually just like a few months for me, which is super quick for a comic Kickstarter. Like you don't have to be that quick when fulfilling, but you want to be as quick as possible. Like you don't want to take a year to fulfill it or longer. Next question, what's your shipping setup slash system look like? Any good tips for shipping a lot of comics? Uh, yeah, like that's what I just answered. Um, just having a thermal printer, using a shipping service, and then scheduling the USPS to pick it up if you're in America. That is free. And I feel like the next step after that for me, which I'm looking into for 2021, is having a fulfillment partner to do all of my uh, Kickstarter fulfillment. Like shipping books sucks. And after 10 Kickstarters... And I'm going to have two more to fulfill next uh, one to two months. It's a lot of work and it takes away from being creative. So if I could pass that off, I think that's I think that's like a worthy, uh, a worthy cost. So looking into fulfillment partners or maybe even warehouses to store all my books. Um, I still live in an apartment. So like these books take up a ton of room in a studio apartment room that I don't have. So if I could find a warehouse partner slash fulfillment center. Um, which is, there's a few of them out there, like White Squirrel and stuff. I know they're not accepting anyone now, but hopefully next year. Um, and there's a few other options where they will fulfill all your Kickstarter orders for you. It's just a lot to figure out, so that means you'll have to get like your books shipped to the warehouse. And then that means also that you can't do signed books, which is something I sell for all the collector's versions. I usually sign them all, so I'll have to figure that out. But um, it would be, I think it'd be worth it to not have to ship books. All right, so I think this is a good stopping point for the Q&A. Uh, we have a lot of questions from uh, just past months on the Patreons. So I'm going to start doing these maybe every uh, few episodes, just answering like these Q&A questions from Patreon onto the podcast. Um, so if you want to ask any questions, just go to patreon.com slash curtisclow. Uh, I don't really have anything else to promote right now. No Kickstarters live, anything. Just follow me at curtisclow on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I have a Facebook writer page curtis cloud also all right thank you all